If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again. This is Heather Bayer with another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And as I record this, we're coming to the end of two weeks, two wonderful weeks of vacation in the State Park in Kentucky. And it's been absolutely fabulous. It's just the one thing that um, that sort of crossed my mind over the time we've had here is that we were promised a really good internet connection in all the material on the website and when we arrived here and I hooked up with Tango Internet. I really did expect to have a good connection and I paid for it. Over the last two weeks, it's been, let's say, not as robust as I would have expected or liked. And in fact, I've had to resort to using the hotspot on an iPad, which, you know, it's not that much of a, of a big deal. But I really hate being promised something and then not having it materialise. And it really got me thinking about uh, vacation rentals, of course. What else do I ever think about? And the fact that um, we, we so often advertise, you know, blithely say, high-speed internet or unlimited internet access, when perhaps we know that it's not as stable uh, as it should be. So it's really worthwhile being totally honest about your internet access. You know, if if you know that it does go out occasionally, well then say it, but don't leave it till people arrive before you let them know that perhaps there are times when the internet is not as stable as it should be. Create the expectations long before they arrive. Your guests aren't going to get any surprises. Nobody wants a surprise, um, particularly where it's where internet is concerned, because you so often have people come and stay who require internet for business, and they do require using a fair amount of bandwidth. So if you have limitations on that, then make sure you let them know as well. So today's guest on the show is Debbie Hettert from Oregon. And Debbie has four properties that uh, she manages. And she's going to tell us how she came to to have all four and share some of the challenges that she's, she's faced and also some of the solutions that she's put in place to make sure that the four property rentals run really, really smoothly. So you're going to hear about her marketing on Airbnb the value of having really, really good property managers and housekeepers. And uh, and in fact, she gives me a tip that I actually hadn't thought of at all. So, uh, and it's something that I'm going to be using the next time I have a really good review that mentions how clean my house is. And we, uh, we finish off by talking about uh, Debbie's contribution to the podcast, uh, the Vacation Rental Podcast Network group that we have going on Facebook at the moment. And we're talking about some of the topics that she could explore in an interviews when she sets up her podcast for publication in January. So without further ado, let's move on to the interview. 
Debbie, it is absolutely fantastic to have you with me today. Welcome from Oregon. Thank you, Heather. And how, to be here. how is it in Oregon today? You know, I always ask everybody about the weather. I think, um, I think it's really important to know what, uh, what you're suffering from or not. Uh, well, this morning we have a beautiful day. I can see the sun shining through the fir trees as we speak. Oh, that sounds fantastic. You know, we were in um, Coos Bay uh, a few years oh. ago. And it was a fir- our first visit to Oregon. We, um, in fact, we drove our RV from Ontario to Oregon. I think it took seven days. Wow! <laughs> and then we came down from Washington, and that that last bit off I five, I think it is, going west, and it was just stunning. I could not believe how beautiful it was. Oh, lovely! That's wonderful. You must have been visiting in in uh, September or October. It absolutely was. Yes, it was this time of year because we always do our RV trip at the uh, end of September. So we just got across, just got across the mountains, got across the Rockies before. I, th- I think we hit some snow, and we thought, oh, that was probably a good move getting there before the end of uh, the end of, the end of September. Yeah, September is our best month mm-hmm. before it- the rain starts. Ah, so you have you have a rainy season, like just like oh. they do in Vancouver, I guess. Yeah, from November until oh, May, June. Okay, yes. well that's me. That's me stopping complaining about the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, I've been following you for ages because what you've done over the past um, however many years it, it, it is really sort of mirrors what I've done. You know, buying one property and then and then starting to rent it and then seeing the huge opportunities in the vacation rental business and buying another one. So everybody knows my story. So I would like to hear yours. How did you get into this business? And, uh, and, and tell us where your properties are, of course, as well. Oh, okay. Well, we have, uh, I'll start out with where they are. We have uh, one house, a two-bedroom house in Seal Rock, which is just south of Newport, Oregon. And we have two in Lincoln City, which is about an hour north of Seal Rock on the coast. And then we've just recently opened a little studio apartment here at our home in Portland. And I got into this through the VA hospital. Um, And through the VA hospital where I worked for a lot of years, I worked in dermatology in um, the clinics and in surgery. And it was uh, was a part-time work. We were done by noon. And as my children grew, I had a lot of spare time and I got bored. And I attended a session on how to be a home-based travel agent and thought, I can do that. And so I did. I opened a home-based agency and sold travel to the docs and the nurses that I worked with for a few years and had a just a ball doing it. Did a lot of traveling because of that. And then my mom got sick and I quit doing the travel because I needed to devote myself to her. And at that point, I'm at home and my mom has passed and my kids are older and and I'm thinking, I need to go someplace that's clean. I have an attention deficit family and and I could not find a clean. I used to love going to hotel rooms because Mm -hmm. it was clean. You walk in and they're clean. And so I decided, okay, I need a vacation home. And at that point, just to get out of the house and do some expeditions by myself. I started looking for a vacation home and found one about six months later and we bought it. And the rule was you can come, but you have to leave it clean. A couple of years later, my husband retired and all the time I'm thinking, yeah, well, you know, this could probably rent pretty well someday. 
And then when Rob retired, it was time. So I set it up and we started renting and it, we were just shocked at how well it did. When was that? When, when did you start that to rent it out? Year, well, we bought it in 2000 and we started to rent it out in 2008. Before that, we had, uh, we'd been you know, kind of renting to friends and family and people at the hospital that we knew and, you know, that, so we knew that it was a hit, but we didn't know that we could spiff it up and really put it on the market in a big way, which is what we did in 2008. In 2009, the market had crashed and properties were really inexpensive at, on the coast. And so I said to Rob, buy me another one. I want more. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> He, he argued about it a little bit, but, you know, I found this really great place and um, had all the windows in the right place and the fireplace was in the right place and the ocean was beautiful. And so we bought it and then separated the two. One was a three bedroom house and there's a little, uh, a smaller building on the property that I repurposed as a, a little cottage, intimate studio getaway. And so the three of them now have been in the rental market since 2009 and then recently we we just launched our our little studio in portland attached to our house in may this year and it's amazing wow it's amazing <laughs> so surprising i i never I, people always want to go to the beach they want to go to the ocean it's a destination and lots to do there i never would have expected that our little studio here in portland would be so popular Oh, it's that's that's fantastic! Incredible. That that really is. I I love I love to hear the stories of people who buy the first one and and just fall in love with doing the business. You know, Heather, working with people for so many years who are sick and need a certain amount of caretaking and, and compassion in their lives. It, this is so different because you know the compassion and the caring is still there, but these are happy people. They're going on vacation. They're doing fun things. They're not dealing with life-threatening issues. And it's still, it's still, you know, a nurturing kind of thing to do. But the, the, the approach is uh, poles different. Oh, and I love it. I, I so agree I with you. I love people. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, it's, it's a wonderful business to be in because we're, we're in the business of making dreams and memories. Yes. And, yes. you know, the, the, the better we do at that, the happier they become. So, yes, I, I don't think I'd like to do anything else. So that's, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, is that four properties or three? Yes. Four. Yes, four. Okay. And how do you market them? What's your strategy for, for getting the bookings? We have them listed with VRBO and HomeAway and FlipKey. Used to be vacation home rentals, but not anymore. Perfect Places was a place that we looked at. Occasionally, I'll put something on Craigslist, but not too often. I started with Airbnb in 2009 because it was free, and I and I was putting I was putting them any place that I I could for exposure. Not really consolidating very much, and and there wasn't a whole lot of activity through Airbnb then. And now it's, uh, oh, this last year, Airbnb has tripled my business. Well, that's really interesting to hear. You know, of course, I interviewed um, Glenn Cooley just recently. Yeah, and, and Jasper. And Jasper mm -hmm. as well. And it, it was interesting. I met Jasper at the um, Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas just recently. And, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, these guys are really rocking it. 
are you getting movement on all of your properties via Airbnb? Um, actually, the the property that is going the hottest with Airbnb is our Portland studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the little um, romantic couples cottage that we have in Lincoln City is doing well, and the Gull House, um, which is just right across the street from the ocean, is also doing well. So the one property that is not selling is the higher-end three-bedroom, three-bath property. I suppose that goes along with with the sort of Airbnb model that it, I mean, certainly for the Portland property, because it's that demographic, isn't it? That's the demographic that uses Airbnb are more likely to be the ones that are coming to to somewhere like Portland. Or or that's certainly the way I'm seeing it anyway. Yeah, that's true. And Airbnb has recently relocated their headquarters to Portland. And there are 1,600 Airbnb hosts in the Portland area. So there's a big market for them. How, how is it being an Airbnb host? What's different? The difference between the Airbnb style and the VRBO HomeAway style on an owner standpoint is that Airbnb focuses on the host, how to be a better host, how to be hands-on, um, they appreciate the the business of the owners and treat us in a very personable, welcoming fashion. Um, they're interested in helping us make our business better. You know, a VRBO and HomeAway, it's a business. You know, it's a it's a structure that mm-hmm. you rent. It's not it's not necessarily hands on, and so it's much more difficult as an owner to have that personal touch through HomeAway and FlipKey. Airbnb not only gives you incentive and ideas and things to do with people and your your guests, but they also set create a platform for you to interact with them so that when somebody contacts me and is interested in staying in one of my places, they give me a history of who they are. They tell me why they're traveling. They connect with me on a level that does not happen with HomeAway. So when I'm renting to them, I'm much more comfortable with them not trashing my house, you know, with appreciating what we've got there. They want to know, you know, they want to know things on a personal basis than just what is there to do and what can you give me? What Mm -hmm. do I get for my money? You know, that kind of a thing. And then also, too, the review system is phenomenal. I can go into the review system and the profiles of the people who are asking to stay at my place, and I can see what I see. Can see what they do. I can see where they're from. I can see how they interact with other people. I can see the reviews that they've got from other hosts, and it makes me much more comfortable and safe, as it does them, because they get the same kind of information on me. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting to to hear, Debbie. You talk about the home away VRBO being a business, which of course it is. You know, it's a business mm-hmm. out there making money like any other. And yeah. and Airbnb, which is as you know, Glenn was saying, it's it's all to do with the sharing economy. So there there is that sort of difference in there that it it seems to be a more personable approach to me. Love what you're saying about the fact you can see your guest's history. My son's just come across and he's doing a sixth or three or four month tour of the of the US and mm-hmm. he will be going um and, and staying in Airbnb properties while he's here, more more so um shared, you know, the shared style. Mm-hmm. But before he left England, 
he started he offered his own place in England on Airbnb and Couchsurfer so he could build up his reputation. Good idea. And you know, he said he said I'm you know, I'm in my 40s, I'm bearded, I'm English, I look a bit out of whack. He said no one's going to let me stay in their place unless I can prove that, you know, I I've been a host myself. And and I just really really liked that that way of looking at it and it really is it's you you mentioned taking you know what can you give me whereas the Airbnb approach seems to be what can we share Yes yes and I love it I mean I I go out and scour the garden and put fresh flowers in and get stuff out of the out of the vegetable garden to leave for our guests and you know I just anything that I can think of to that to help them feel more comfortable and looked after. I don't necessarily meet everyone that comes in to the studio because we have privatized this area so much. And that is our focus is offering kind of a private romantic getaway in an urban setting. But it's just wonderful. I mean, I feel like I feel so much more connected to people. Oh, that's great to this hear. Way. You've got your own website yeah. as well, haven't you? Yes, through Web Chalet. Do you have um, organic traffic coming directly to you from the website, or is it something that you use as an adjunct to uh, f- from your other marketing activities? I do not have a whole lot of organic traffic. I would like that to change. I'm not sure exactly how to do that. So it's sort of like Facebook that just kind of adds to some of our to our legitimacy at this point. And I'm not really savvy about how to tweak that website to 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 be more. Um, I don't know me. I guess I'm, I don't mm-hmm. really know how to. No, I, um, I get I get where you're coming from on okay. that. And and sometimes it's it's a case with some of those template driven sites. And I think they I think they're great in their own right. That there's there's lots of other options available. But uh, but certainly you know I I feel it's really important to have a, a web presence because it's it's something you can do you can do so much with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can't do it with, with just listings alone, and I I know that you've got uh, an insider guide. Andy's done you an insider guide. Well, we're in the process still. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to your podcast uh, with him a couple of days ago, and I was so interested in in hearing him and and thinking, why did I stop doing that? I got busy, <laughs> and I you know I just I got intimidated is what happened, and so listening to you and Andy, I got inspired again to get back with it. I sent him a, a short note and said how awesome it was to hear him, you know, with you. And so anyway, we're getting back with that again. So. Oh, perfect. So, well, yeah, he, he's working on mine as well at the moment. So uh, great. Yeah, they should be coming guy. out at the same time. But I, you know, I've, I've looked through all those insider guides. Um, there isn't a duff one amongst them. They're, they are all so beautifully presented. Yeah. And just the, the information just seems to be so pertinent. It's the, there's nothing, there's no wasted space. Yeah. Very colorful too. Yes. Yeah. Very, very eye catching. That's what I, I think I said that in a blog post just recently. It's just eye candy with, um, uh, with impact. So that's, that's, that's another great resource. And you've been doing, you've, you've done the starter course with, um, Alan Egan as well. Yes. So I'm looking forward to learning more about Google plus and um, seems like he's probably the best resource to, to do that with. It's nice to have somebody who's connected to the industry to help guide it into that specific niche. So that's, um, that's my goal to, is to work more on that as well. Well, he really, he really has taken that by storm, I think, the, the, the whole 
Google Plus side, nobody else is you know has the experience that that Alan has, and uh, and I did the first uh, you know I done I've done part one as well, oh. and got to you know I got myself all set up as I'm sure you have, and then actually you know have to admit that I haven't been back at that for quite a while, but that's that's a project for me for the fall to get my Google Plus. Uh, page really going and start connecting because I know you know people like um, Amy Blomquist for one from um, where her property is called Where Water Falls, which I think is just such a, a romantic name. Yeah, but I anyway, she's she, she's really um, doing a great job. Um, Lucy Nolette, who's um, she, she's got, I believe her places are in Phoenix. Your condos in Phoenix is. Um, is killing it on on Google Plus. Really? So it it is re- really worthwhile. And I, this is what what I did when I started. I went to see who else was was really doing a grand job, and um, and I learned a lot not just from Alan, but by going through everybody else's Google Plus pages and seeing mm-hmm. what they were what they were sharing and uh, and the sort of engagement they were getting because Google Plus is all about engagement. And the other thing I noticed was when I did a post, it tended to pop up way at the top of a search field for a you know a long-tailed search and there would be my post so oh. so you know I'd, I'd really encourage you to to stick with that one I think it's really worthwhile well I'll do that and I'll follow uh, I'll follow you as you as you get moving with it too and check out Amy and Lucy's site mm. Mm, interesting good yeah and Alan and I have, um, are going to be doing another um, I, either a, a blog post together or or another uh, podcast before too long, because the first one we did was when he was just doing the free course. And of course, now he's he's got right the way through and is selling a complete course. So uh, we, yes. I'm going to be doing a review of that. Something else I really wanted to know about was, and this I'm sure everybody's interested in, when you have multiple properties, how do you manage the changeovers? I have some fabulous housekeepers that are just these are they, these ladies are more than housekeepers. They take such an interest in my homes. I don't use um, a service, a company. So at, um, at in uh, Seal Rock, it's my next door neighbor, and she is the only house that you go by when you get to our house. And so she can see who's coming. She can see when they come. And she can see when they come, and she is just right next door. So she's over there a lot doing the things that need to be done. And um, I decided a couple of years ago that she takes such an interest in the house. It's, it's almost proprietary. <laughs> and, and I love it. And so I said, I want to give you a management fee. Now, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars above the, the cleaning fees that you get to, to do the things that you're already doing. One year she took the windows out and washed the windows and washed the the inside um, aluminum framing. And, you know, she just does things like that. It's awesome. And then in Lincoln City, I've got another lady who wants to only do my two homes and another one. So she she doesn't want to get overwhelmed. She sees that the sheets have a little tear in them and she'll take them home and sew them up. She cleans. She cleans everything. I, I talked to her not too long ago, and she had gone through all of the DVDs and organized them to, and, and reorganized them. I'm just like, oh, my God, I would never think to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, do you know I'm right with you there? I have I have a lady that does both my cottages. Um, she started out and she was the cleaner. Her title is now property manager mm -hmm. uh, in exactly the same way because she takes massive pride in being almost front of house. As, as she says, yeah. when she, she's the last one to walk out of the door before the guests walk in. And if there's something wrong, then it's down to her. And uh, I, I think the importance of finding somebody that, that really has that same philosophy of hospitality as you do as an owner is probably one of the best things you can do. And you can enhance it too by sending copies of the reviews to the housekeepers so they can see how people are, are appreciating their work. And I had not thought of that. That is a great tip. That really is. Yeah. I, I know that uh, Carol will look through, she always looks through the guest book, but of course mm -hmm. it's not until people get home that they really think about what they're going to write on a review. And and I know a lot of my reviews yeah. will, will mention, you know, the, the place was spotless. And yes. uh, yeah, what a great idea, Debbie. Yes. I'm going to, I'm, well, that's something I'm going to take from you and pass on to her. <laughs> Good, good. Well, and with Airbnb, a lot of the people don't leave reviews in the guest book. They don't write in the guest book. They all know that they're going to be leaving a, a review online. Mm -hmm. And so the housekeepers don't see that. Generally, they don't look online. That's a great tip. Let's just stay with the operational side um, for a moment. Okay. With, with your um with your housekeepers or property managers, what, what do you supply in your properties? Do you supply, and this is always you know, a question that I'm always interested in because everybody does this differently. Do you supply all the paper products for, for the entire time that somebody's there or do you just offer a get you in package? And how do you, how do you manage that with, um, with the changeover of supplies? The smaller houses, the smaller places, I offer everything. I don't want them to have to go to the store, and I want them to have everything that they could possibly need. Um, the larger house, the three-bedroom house, which sometimes will take eight, ten people, and they're there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I tell them that it's going to be a starter supply, but generally it's enough for at least three or four days. So there's no surprises. It's a very generous starter supply. Yeah, and I th I think that is I think that is absolutely fair. With uh, when you've just got a couple coming in, then uh, it, it's easier, of course, in terms of of, of volume of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, my my two places both accommodate six to eight people. There's usually enough, but I know if it was a larger place, it it would be overrun with you know piles of toilet paper and <laughs> kitchen. Yes paper so so yes no i think that's a great way of managing it yeah so it's just something i i get asked a lot by by owners who are coming into our agency and saying you know what should i supply i, th I think you're absolutely right it does depend on the size of the property debbie if you were starting tomorrow you know you you started this a number of years ago so if you're starting tomorrow what would you do differently have you learned anything along the way that that would cha change your start up dramatically if you were to do that today? I would try to be less scattered. Um, when I first started this, I didn't know, I didn't, didn't really have any confirmation or adequate confirmation that my homes would, would take off, you know, that people would really want to pay me money to stay there. Um, and I, I spread myself too thin. 
And so I think I would, if I was going to do this again, I would go about it in a more consolidated sort of way. And I would do a lot of networking. I would do more networking. Um, and that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm missing right now, even still. Um, in Lincoln City, we have some, some political issues. And so I'm starting up a next door, um, a next door group and hoping to focus a smaller group just on the vacation rental business because because that that connection with other people doing the same kind of work is something that you can learn a lot from each other and help each other out. LinkedIn has helped me a lot. Um, I've learned a lot and connected with people who who are are I see as mentors. That's probably what I would do is focus down. Yeah, I th- I think you've made a great point there. I know when I started out, I felt like I was operating in a vacuum on my own. I, I It was almost as though I didn't want to find out from anybody else because they're my competition. So it, it, it was it yeah. was it was a bit weird. But because now I, I see so much value in networking with others and learning from them and just getting together and trading things that we know or we do with what they do. I think it's fantastic. I do too, and the, I think the whole sharing economy sort of uh, envelops that. Whereas in the old days, you know, when we were when we were isolated, we pinched ourselves off, and I still see that happening in certain places. Like I know that the hotels in Lincoln City don't like to put other hotels brochures in their lobbies, which you know I, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's enough for everybody. Yeah, I notice in the insider guides, a lot of the insider guides, there is um, a spot where where you where you're able to put your own, you know, if you want to stay, here's our place, and mm-hmm. then a couple of others, and most people are recommending other properties nearby them. Wonderful. And I think that that is great because, you know, your property may not suit everybody. So if somebody's mm-hmm. in there looking at your insider guide and looks at your place and mm, that that. Maybe that that three bedroom place is just too big for us. Let's go for something smaller, and then you're leading them into a, a, another local property that you're networking with, and and that's as you say, it's a sharing economy, and that's where the way I I see it working so well. And people like to be helped. If if I get a call and my place is busy, and um, I, I ask them, okay, what side are you on? How did you find me? Then I've walked people through other sites. I've suggested that they go to other. In fact, I've gotten on the computer and found places for them to to check into. And it's so appreciated. I know that they'll remember me. That's and if abso- they don't, I've done a good deed. So well, absolutely. Good. And they'll, they'll either come back to you or or the, the best thing is, is that they'll tell their friends what a yeah. great person you were. Yeah. <laughs> and and here's the website just in case you want to stay there or if, if, yeah. if there is some some availability for them. That's fantastic. Debbie, we are together in this in a podcast network because we're all going to be developing a podcast for our specific areas and regions. This is all very new. It's well it's not so new to me because I'm already out there and doing this. What made you decide that that was something that you'd like to have a go at? Oh, wow, what a good question. Uh I just love what I'm doing. This is an interesting kind of segue. I started doing, I started learning the video handshake with Will Franco. And so I realized I'm kind of camera shy. I, I just kind of got used to hearing myself as I'm practicing. And, and then when you came up with this 
thought, I thought, why not? Why not move into the whole audio part of this? And, uh, I, I, you know, Heather, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it just hit me. I, it just feels like a really good fit. And I honestly don't know really what I'm going to talk about either as far as as far as the pod, how, what I want to focus on as far as the podcast is concerned, it's going to be created organically. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I looked at your, at your site and you've got a ton of things that, um, you know, people can do in the, in the area. Yes. And I, I came up with, with so many ideas of, of, th- and I, I will be sharing those with you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but but you're in such a beautiful area and I'm sure, you know, there's there's so many people you could talk to that could um really add value in a way that you can't do any other way that you you know, you you can't do in a vacation insider guide. You can't really do in a blog post because you're not getting their voice. And that's what because when I t- th- thought about mine when I started doing Cottage Insider, which is the blog that I do for our Ontario visitors, and I remember doing, thinking I'll do a, a blog post on the Turtle Trauma Centre, which is, which is quite a big operation in, this, uh, in, in our area because we have a lot of snapping turtles. And oh. they, you know, in the breeding season, you can see everywhere you go, on the country roads, there'll be snapping turtles crossing the roads and there's babies and um, there are ways of picking them up and moving them to the side of the road. And everybody here is, well, we like to educate everybody into the fact that, you know, we we want to preserve our snapping turtles. You don't run over them, you avoid them. And if you can possibly help them across the road, then you do. And the Turtle Trauma Centre it's a place where you know if you come across a damaged turtle, you can take <laughs> take it there, and they they look after them and put them back in the wild. And, that is so awesome. <laughs> and oh. I was trying to write a blog post on this, and I thought I really don't know enough about it. So you know, talking to somebody at the Kawartha Turtle Trauma Centre is going to be one of my first interviews. And then when I saw yours, and I saw everything about seals and watching whales, and I thought you must have some great naturalists out there. Oh, yeah. That you could talk to. You could talk to a naturalist about, you know, the seal population and how many there are and where people can go and see and, and how they should, you know, how they should act when, when they're there, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. approach them, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so that, that was just one idea I came up for you and, you know, something to do. You, you have whale watching as well. So there's, there's just so much. But I think, you know, you have to think laterally about it. It's, it's sort of stepping back from your properties taking a much wider focus at it and thinking about your avatar, the people who are going to be listening to your podcast and then speaking directly to them and bringing information that they're going to want to know. Excellent. Oh, I'm really excited about it. This is going to be fun. So, so yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be sending you out some ideas, mm-hmm. but, right. uh, but I think, it, and I've said this a number of times that the travel industry is totally underserved in the in podcasting and podcasting set to explode mm-hmm. with um with the iOS 8 just come out the, you know the operating system for um, um Apple um now has the where whereas before you had to download the podcast app but now it's native to iOS 8 so anybody that gets this new iPhone 6 is going to open it up and there's podcasting already in it awesome so if they're thinking that then they clearly 
can see there is a lot to podcasting that um, a lot of people aren't aren't seeing mm-hmm. or hearing yet. I'm I'm really I'm really glad you're part of this um, our little podcast movement, and uh, Thank um, you. we will all be launching in January. So uh, I'm putting that right out there now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is this is an accountability step here. <laughs> oh, well, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Debbie, it's been fantastic talking with you. Obviously, we're going to continue talking off the um the broadcast because um because we talk fairly regularly anyway online, but I I really wish you every good fortune with your properties. Uh, have you got any more online? Are you going is Rob going to buy you any more? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I love that. I particularly love the fact that um, you said he, when you started, that he treated you to dinner after every 50 nights were booked. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he did. I, oh. I, I rather like that. So if you've got four properties, you know, you start adding up how many <laughs> nights are booked. I'm assuming that this is, <laughs> I'm assuming this offer is not still on the table. No, we haven't done that for a few years. <laughs> it's a good thing. You'd be running out of restaurants. <laughs> oh, yeah, forgotten about that. So, so yeah, as I say, thank you so much for um, for for being with me today. It's been a super chat, and uh, I'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much, Heather. Well, thanks again, Debbie. It was great to have you on the show and and to hear your voice because we've uh, we've been communicating quite a bit online. So it's always great to have a chance to uh, to chat and to hear the experiences of yet another successful owner in this series. It's always great. I just absolutely love just you know getting all these tips that. Uh, I freely admit I take every single one of them and take them back and use them in my business. So, so certainly I, do you know, I tell my property manager all the time what a fantastic job she's doing, but I really don't think I've ever shared the, uh, the flip key reviews with her. She sees what's in the guest book, but as Debbie was saying, with many people, they don't write in the guest book anymore because sometimes they're sitting at the property doing their Airbnb or their home away or their flip key review before they even leave. So they don't even think about writing anything in the guest book. So whatever they write, that's wonderful about how the place looked when they arrived, which is usually down to the property manager if you don't do it yourself, then uh, then it's really worthwhile sharing it with them afterwards. So um, so that's definitely a tip that I'm taking away. Debbie mentioned a couple of, um, of websites uh, in that session. So I will be putting a list of um, all the links of sites that, uh, that were mentioned by both Debbie and myself in the show notes. So go to cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS45 uh, and you can check those out. Of course, as I say every time, if you've liked the show, I'd love it if you'd uh, if you'd leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. If you've got some viewpoint on something that uh, that either Debbie or I said, you know, let's hear about it. And of course, if you'd like to leave me a review on iTunes, please just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes, click on the link on the iTunes link, and it'll take you straight there. So we're heading now down to Florida for a couple of weeks. 
and I'll be uh, doing my next pop- podcast from there. So no doubt I'll be telling you about the wonderful weather that we're going to be um, getting on the panhandle, on the Florida panhandle. I might also be looking at a few properties down there because um, it's a really up and coming area. You know, I'm in the market at the moment for a new property. Do you never know? Florida Panhandle might be the place. So for now, thank you so much once again for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. You don't know how much I appreciate it. I will really look forward to being with you next time. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.